0: We've got a bunch of big international conferences taking place in our province this week. We've got uh, the World Petroleum Congress happening in Calgary, as you know, and up in Edmonton this week, uh, playing host to law enforcement officials and public health officials and all kinds of people involved in policing in one way or another from all across North America for the first-ever Safety of Our Cities conference. Um, and, and like I say, it's bringing together, you know, police chiefs are there, but lots of different people there to discuss challenges, challenges, share some strategies in overcoming these challenges. And we've talked about them a lot here on the show, right? The social disorder, homelessness, all kinds of problems that are taking place, primarily in our big cities, but it's everywhere. We've definitely got an issue right now. Um, but you know, being that it's 2023 and we talked about earlier in 2023, we are bound and determined to make everything political and policing most definitely something that we have politicized to the extreme. Uh, and the politicization of policing was one of the issues that was tackled right off the top of this conference. University of Ottawa criminologist Michael Kempa addressed delegates on Monday, and he joins us now. Michael, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. You know, when we talk about this, this is an issue that I think any police officer will tell you has suddenly in the last five, ten years become something that they deal with almost every day. Politics and policing have been intertwined. Uh, and the police chiefs all talking about what an impact it's had on the job that they do. Uh, what was the message that you took to them and, and you heard from them when you were talking about this?
1: So really, there's there's a, a multiple layers of the politics of policing. There's the negative stuff, which has been increasing. And that has to do with partisan political pressure that elected officials put on police organizations. It has to do with elected representatives wanting to use the police in ways that suit their political agendas. In other words, meddling around yep. in operations. That's the bad stuff. The good stuff is that police organizations can and should be much more involved in the policy process no secret. We're talking about moving away from just policing as law enforcement to integrating police organizations into our city's plans and our province's plans for community safety and well-being. So if the cops have to coordinate with health, with education, with housing and so forth, obviously all of this gets put together by governments. The police have to be involved in those planning sessions as well.
0: And I've heard uh, chief of police from Dallas yesterday, uh, chief of police from Albuquerque earlier this week, talking about exactly what you're you're mentioning here. In terms of we can't just look at the first call goes to law enforcement and we're dealing with issues we don't want to be dealing with. Um, and, and that sort of goes to what you're speaking of, right? We need to have a, we need to take a better look at the way we do this. And there will be some politics at play, and some of it could be very helpful.
1: Absolutely. What we've thought for about 150 years in our Western society that good policing is impartial policing, which is true, but we've taken impartial to mean untouched by politics. Now that's obviously a nice idea, but the reality is that policing and how you set it up and how you run it obviously interacts with all of your other policies. So, for example, we're talking about in Canada, we have a broken bail system. Yeah. If we want to reform the bail system, whatever we do with it, it's going to have an impact on the ground for what the police have to end up doing. So, really, before we reform the bail system, we should be asking police leadership and their civilian oversight bodies, what's going to work here? What adjustments do we make to bail that the results on the street are going to be creating issues that the police can helpfully manage so that we get some bang for our buck in crime control and community safety by adjusting bail in ways that are aligned with what police and community safety can do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned bail. There's so many instances where I I was thinking about, um, you know, if you're a police officer, it's kind of like the way that you approach your job can change based on an election. Just think about drug policy in this country and how that's handled from one jurisdiction to the next. Or when a government changes, I mean, it, it can have a profound impact on the actual job that we ask our officers to do.
1: Well, it does, and very often what we are asking of officers is driven by ideology, whatever our political views are, rather than data. So take fentanyl, the problem of opiate addiction, as it relates to the unhoused homeless population, as it relates to gang activity and organized crime, there's a bunch of layers there. If you just say, well, we don't want the police to arrest anybody who are involved in fentanyl addiction or living outdoors and so forth, well you're not really aligning that with the data on the ground that shows us that amongst those communities, there are many layers of people, some of whom are criminal, who need to be arrested because they're preying on the unhoused, some of whom have a hope of being entered into housing and quick uh, addictions counseling, and others who need a lot more work. So we can't just, you've got to build your program from that data not start from your opinion that the cops should just not be involved at all, or the cops should do everything and just go and arrest everybody.
0: Has politics has always been part of policing, hasn't it? Like you said, I mean, it's, it, it, they go hand in hand. They kind of have to, in a sense, right?
1: Well, they do, and I, I don't want to get too heavy historic on you, but the original idea for policing, where you'd have people in uniform enforcing the law in public space, you can only think that way, in a liberal capitalist political economy, because you believe that there is a public sphere that's separate from markets, so you can go and enforce law in that public sphere. In other words, you can't even think that way in a communist system or a fascist system, etc. So it's bound up in our ideas, and everything flows from there. What I'm saying is you acknowledge it, you separate the good from the bad, and you proactively navigate it rather than just try to deny it.
0: Um, The chief of police, Dale McPhee in Edmonton, talking about this situation and saying, yeah, politics has been involved in policing, but something has changed recently. And that is politics now getting directly involved in police operations, which he thinks is a very dangerous uh, shift. Um, You know, like actually in terms of who you're hiring, where you're hiring, what you're doing, how you actually run the police department. Have you seen a shift in that as well?
1: Absolutely. I mean, operations is something we've been stumbling around with for half a century in canada what is it what it's supposed to mean is nobody should ever direct the police and how they use their powers of investigation arrest and charging but everything else planning broad terms setting out policies and so forth yeah there's we have civilian oversight bodies that are there to kick the tires on police planning the difference is nobody should be dialing down and providing explicit direction or how to conduct an operation. We've been seeing more of that. It's been happening behind the curtains uh, in Canada. I'd say if you've got politicians that want to give those instructions, put them in writing. And then after the operation, the public will judge whether or not your instruction was in any way reasonable. Obviously, they wouldn't like to do that, so they shouldn't <laughs> be doing it at all.
0: Um, you can see how it create challenges for police, though, when you have politics that uh, much involved in their day-to-day operations. I mean, how, how do you think that can affect things in terms of the way the police go about doing their jobs?
1: Well, it gets difficult because then you've got multiple... You, you can't have too many directors, right, in yeah. other words. I mean, why hire a chief of police and an upper level of command who you've hired on the basis of their experience for designing operations? if you're going to question every little thing and suggest improvement. That's not the role of outside bodies. We're meant to ask questions. Chief, tell us, how did you come up with that plan? Were alternative plans considered, but not why are you sending officers to this street corner and not that street corner? Obviously, we wouldn't have that level of expertise.
0: Exactly. Um, In in listening to some of the police chiefs this week, their expectation is this is not going away. Right. I mean, the way that the world has been progressing uh, in terms of politicization, this is something that we're going to have to just come up with a way of of navigating because it's it's only going to continue to become more of an influence on policing.
1: Well, that's exactly right. What should happen is the provinces, because they do the policing legislation, should just clearly spell out what does operations mean? It means nobody. Yeah ever gets involved in the exercise of those powers and when that is clear basically everybody's got their rules to play by and if anybody does push a chief or anybody else in an inappropriate direction they can rely on the legislation and say butt out or we're going to go public and say you're putting undue political interference on us
0: is there legislation at all related to that at this point michael is it just sort of hey we just want we want our police to be independent so let's be independent but nothing actually written down around that
1: so most of our provincial legislation dances around that question. Yeah. Um, in Ontario and Manitoba, they've taken a little bit of a stab at defining it. They still haven't done a very good job. They've defined operations too broadly. Uh, you really just have to dial down to those issues of nobody interferes in the exercise of police powers. It's so simple. The yeah. Yeah. Supreme Court has already spelled that out. I don't know why nobody's done it. But I suspect they just don't have the guts and it suits their, they like meddling around in policing. So why would they get rid of that power to do that behind the curtains?
0: Yeah, makes perfect sense. Michael, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Always. Thanks so much. You bet. Michael Kempa, who is criminologist, University of Ottawa, and he was uh, one of the speakers at this international policing summit that's taking place in the city of Edmonton, wraps up later today.